love to see a clap. <laughs> yeah, we do. Or hear a clap, more mm-hmm. accurately. I could see it because I've got a really good imagination. <laughs> <laughs> You've got synesthesia. Yeah. For claps. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Would you like to describe the clap to us? <laughs> it was elegant, mm-hmm. not too performative, but okay. definitely oh. had a bit of definitely had a bit of a flourish. Mm. Oh, yeah, one of the more graceful claps I've seen so far. Mm. This is you guys are buttering me up for something. I just feel <laughs> so handsome and strong now with we're, my clap. We're, we're, we're sending you a, a cardboard cut of Elon Musk. It's on its way to you right one. now. <laughs> it's just, just going to show up. That's what we're busting up. Oh, no, you didn't. I would have mm. said I don't. I have a cardboard cutout already of someone else. Oh. So I feel like they wouldn't get along. Probably. Who's, oh, no. who's your cardboard cutout? Of it's of the rock. Lie. I don't know why I was being cagey okay. with like the person. <laughs> yeah, like I've already uh, made one. <laughs> You kind of were looking over to the side there, like uh, like you were well, just yeah. checking to see if he was listening. <laughs> Raising an I eyebrow. Just, I do kind of think that it comes alive when I'm not paying attention. I have mm. always assumed that about toys and yeah. wax statues. Oh, yeah. Mm. Things I, of I that nature. Sta- I hate wax statues. Uh, I, I mean, that seems... I've, I've never formed an <laughs> opinion on them, to be honest. <laughs> You're like, I appreciate this hard stance that you've pre-taken. No, I really, really don't like them. Because you have no proof that there's not a person in there. Oh. Right. right. Well, they've been encased in wax. Yeah. Like a kind of uh. novelty hand solo. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you have no proof that there aren't people in lots of things. The Statue of Liberty just could have been a big tart that they encased <laughs> in copper or whatever it is. Um, yeah, but I already think that, and that doesn't bother me because right, okay. she's not mobile. She can't get me. And if she was, and she's ve- <laughs> she's very like she's very unwieldy. Like she's slow moving. You can get away from the Statue of Liberty, but like a wax person, they're they're all kind of limber underneath their flexible coating. I don't know. I feel like being encased in wax for a long period of time might render you, you know, not not very quick in pursuit. It'd be still quicker than being encased in metal. Probably, yeah. But then again, if the Statue of Liberty catches you, you're fucked. But, it's going to tear you limb from but limb. Then by, but then by that point, you've got to say fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Rax, do you have any peculiar phobias <laughs> that we could get out of the way? I just figure, no, I mean, you guys are so close to cracking this one. I don't want to intrude. Mm-hmm. I do feel like she has kind of a Godzilla mm-hmm. affect, mm-hmm. the uh, Statue of Liberty. And I live closer to her than I would like to do now that I'm thinking mm. about this. Oh, okay. You got a view of the statue. So, she, so she's going to get you first well, when no, she comes to life. Not first, but like 10th or 11th, Defin- maybe. Definitely yeah, before Yeah, maybe me. if she has a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before you for sure. She'll be tired out by the time she crosses the yeah, ocean. Also, yeah. wouldn't she get kind of, wouldn't she get all kind of rusted up if she tried to come, if she quite tried to walk across the sea? I don't know. It is probably deeper than the Statue of Liberty, though. She might. I don't know whether she she needs to breathe. She doesn't need need to breathe. She hasn't got lungs. Well, I don't know. This depends if it's a real big woman encased inside her or whether it's just the statue coming to life. I think by this point that she no longer need to breathe because she's like several Mm. hundred years old, no? Maybe. Could have gills. She could have gills. gills. The Statue of Liberty could have gills. She could be a giant fish woman in there. That's what the shape of water was about. (laughs) (laughs) It is indeed, yeah. Yeah. As, As is my understanding. Yeah, um, I, I don't, now I'm just distracted by the idea of Rack saying not a view of the Statue of Liberty per se, and it's sort of panning out of your podcasting <laughs> studio, and we just see that you're at the top of the Statue of Liberty. Let's just say I can't see her from you're where like, I'm you're sitting. You're in the head, controlling yeah. her. 
I'm actually the giant lady who has been encased by the Statue of Liberty, who you're just talking shit about right now. Since I'm talking shit about you. No, no, I just, I just said that. I just said that you could probably I'm, play. I'm a big fan of the woman said, inside the Statue of Liberty. You could probably play dead with the Statue of Liberty because she's not necessarily that good at. At like detecting whether or not something much smaller than her is dead or alive. Like right. if an ant just stops, yeah. you don't know whether or not it's dead or dead or just like stopped. Or just resting. Or just resting, for yeah. example. If you're attacked by the Statue of Liberty, you should try and make yourself as big as possible. What, to confuse her? Yeah. Don't try and outrun the Statue of Liberty. And the worst thing you massive. can do is climb a tree because that won't stop and her at all. Bop her on the nose. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make loud noises with pots and pans, things like that. <laughs> That. Y'all didn't tell me this was a survivalist <laughs> podcast. You're just giving all this dope advice away for free. We we can't afford to lose any listeners, and so as a result, we like to try and keep them safe. Yeah, at the start of every exactly. Episode. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> if we lose even one to being stomped on by the Statue of Liberty, then that's gonna that's gonna have an effect on our monthly income that we don't want to see. Yeah. yeah, it's a hell of a stat, that isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> every year, three or four people just stomped to death by the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Only at night, because that's when she comes alive. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty safe during the day. Um, we are hello <laughs> and welcome to <laughs> Masters of Our Domain, uh, a podcast which is allegedly about the hit '90s sitcom Seinfeld and about its star, the woman inside the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Mother <laughs> someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says, <laughs> because the rest of the time she's busy inside the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Um, uh, and this week we are joined by a special guest all the way from inside the head of the Statue of Liberty. Um, it's, uh, uh, this is the dumbest bit. I love it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, you wait. Yeah, well, it can get worse. Yeah. Um, uh, podcaster and Seinfeld expert, Rax King. How are you doing? Seinfeld expert? No, we're not introducing me that way, are we? <laughs> Compared to I've us. I've just watched a lot of Seinfeld. I just watch TV a lot. Yeah, that classifies yeah. as an expert to my mind. Yeah, you've seen more Seinfeld oh. than me. Yeah. So, true. Oh, yeah. okay. Thanks yeah, for the having premise me. of the show is that I've never watched it, so I come at every episode uh, with the fresh eyes of someone recently released from their thousand-year imprisonment inside the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> um, I don't think they put men in the Statue of Liberty. You'd be more likely to be encased in like the Colossus of Rhodes. <laughs> the turfs getting mad about <laughs> trans women being allowed in the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> it's a women-only space. Oh boy! Kicking off <laughs> with a bang. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, with this episode, um, we open with a bit. Which episode is it, Milo? Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm getting all my getting all my shit confused you're this doing, week. No, it's you do you're doing very well. You just, open the bag no. of Maltesers very neatly. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking about the woman inside the Statue of Liberty. DM me. Um, it's season five, <laughs> episode eight, uh, the barber. Um, we all love the barber. I went to the barber this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marla has a new haircut. Um, I told him yeah. that I think he looks like um, an expensive chicken with his new haircut, and he didn't seem to think that this was a compliment, but it really, really is. No, I, I know the chickens. You see them at the county fair, and they're really like glamorous. Yeah, exactly, and exactly. Glamorous they are glamorous chicken. chickens. When I yeah. when I think of expense, like chickens being expensive or not, I'm thinking of them kind of like plucked and in a supermarket no, aisle. No, no, you no, know, no, like, no, 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 no. No, these are these are expensive living chickens, and as Rack says, they are they are glamorous. They've got a little 
little kind of poof on the top of their head there. They've got like silky feathers. No, that's not a chicken. That's I know it's co- not a chicken, but it has like a puff of thing on its head, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's not what I mean. I'm talking about a very specific kind of chicken. No, I said like a cockatoo, <laughs> meaning it has that thing like a cockatoo does. Yeah, no, but it's does. not the same. <laughs> I think if that helps him, you can just let him have it. <laughs> okay, fine. If that helps you, if that helps you, <laughs> he's only ever seen one kind of bird. He <laughs> mm. just compares them all yeah. to the same bird. <laughs> that's right. So he sees a pigeon. Oh, that's like a grey cockatoo, but without the thing. Yeah, and someone's yeah, explaining Donald Trump to me. Vibes. I'm like, oh, kind of like a cockatoo. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Is that called a coxcomb? The little thing on top of its head. I don't know, but I hope it is. I think it's the it's the rooster's like fatty. Chest area, that's what it is when you eat a coxcomb. Oh, the fatty chest area. Just coming area. in here with weird ass information. The, yeah. Oh, so what? So the, the thing that makes the rooster kind of look so kind of chesty. Yeah, the thing that makes him look like, like a cool rooster. and strong. Yeah, that's, uh, that yeah like a rooster. rooster. That's, yeah, the kind of the, the big bully boy rooster. Yeah, he's got like big naturals or whatever. He and does. that's the coxcomb <laughs> of the yeah, rooster. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I, don't, then I don't know what the little, the little hat is on a cockatoo. A little hat, yeah. a little bowler a hat. Little hat. Um, anyway, the point is, that for the, the, the listeners can't see this, but apparently I look a bit like, like a, a silky. chicken. That's what they're called, silkies. Oh, okay. The expensive chickens. They've got you, lovely- you've actually told me this before, which it makes it worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've got lovely silky, like silky white feathers, and they're, mm-hmm. and they're quite sort of tall and thin for chickens, and they've got right. a kind of a poof on, on top of their head, poof of feathers, and that's what you have now. Yeah. Um, so it's a compliment. I like them. They're very hour. nice. <laughs> <laughs> this has been barbershop corner. Mm-hmm. Um, we we open with with a bit about barbershops. About barbershops. Um, where Jerry's like, oh, the old school barbershop. It's going out. You know, I think the problem is they've got a twenty thousand dollar share for a for a three dollar tip. I feel like Jerry is kind of un- misunderstanding <laughs> yeah, how equipment he's, works. He's having some, he's having some <laughs> trouble with the concept of professional equipment. But then what, what, what's his professional equipment? All he needs is a, is a blazer. Yeah, and a microphone. No, he doesn't, he doesn't provide the microphone. He doesn't show no. up at a club with his own microphone. He should. Like that, like, like that one guy at the bowling alley who has his own bowling ball. Mm. I, d- oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, I hate that guy. That, that guy, guy sucks. Just, Particularly if he's oh, got. You think you're better than me? If he's got a special little bag to keep his bowling ball yeah. in, like, come on, pull yourself special together. Special outfit. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely yeah. not. No. Yeah, it is big chicken Oh, you have costume. a hobby? Are you enjoying your activity? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what I say in the bowling alley. <laughs> we don't yeah. really have people coming to the bowling alleys with their own bowling balls here. I think that's more of an American thing. Yeah, because it's not. Here. Imagine someone showing up at Rowan's with their own bowling ball. Yeah, bowling bowling <laughs> here is like what soccer is in America in that it's considered a children's activity. Yeah, um, the girls and children. Th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> women, do the women always hanging out at the bowling alley? <laughs> <laughs> down, listen, me and the girls are going down the bowling alley. I mean, again, have you it's been... been a, it's have, been where, a rough week. Have you been to Rowan's on a Friday night? This is literally what... Yeah, but Rowan's isn't really like a normal bowling alley. Yeah. What, what are you talking Rowan's, about? Rowan's is like a kind of London institution. It's like this place that's like notionally a bowling alley, but it's kind of a nightclub. It is a bowling alley. I, 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 no, but it's, it's not <laughs> like any... You, you cannot say this is... A, it's like... It's unlike any other bowling alley I've ever been to in my fucking life. Like, there is a bowling alley there. Why is it like there. a nightclub? 
it's so, people uh, go so there after, on like Friday night till four o'clock in the morning and get drunk. Yeah, because it's it's yeah. like it's one of and it has it's like, like one a of dance like the, the floor, right? No, it doesn't. It does, does it not have a proper dance floor. No, it's one like it's one of the cheapest pints in North London. So it's like kind of known. It's sort of like known for that, and it has uh, and it has a DJ who has been playing more or less the same like like pop and R and B bangers since two thousand and two, which. Uh, which I remember because, but Rowan's is where we used to go when I was at school, and it is, it's very weird to me personally that this is now deemed to be like an acceptable place for adults to go on a night out. It had a really weird <laughs> resurgence where people were just suddenly like, "Yeah, like let's go to Rowan's," and I was like, "What? Where we used to go if we were bunking off? Like, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm it's not. Very, I'm not going there. Like, that's ridiculous." People in their twenties yeah, move yeah. to London and find out about it, and are like, yeah. "This is the coolest oh place God. ever." Ro- uh, yeah, yeah. Rowan's, Rowan's night out, and it's just like, no, no, absolutely not. Mm. You do not come into my town and start going to Rowan's like it's normal. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, like it's like it's it's a kind of fun night out in a grisly sort of way. They have karaoke booths. And like pool tables, and yeah, and the pop R and B bangers, and you the know, bowling like a alleys. regular bowling alley. And you can do. you can order pizza there. <laughs> they they have like alcoholic slushies. It sounds kind of tight, actually. It's great. I mean, like seriously, like yeah, like, is the best place in London. I like I'm walking everything back. It's the best place in London. It's the only place that's worth going. Like sort of adult Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. <laughs> that's the only problem with Chuck E. Cheese is that if I go and hang out there, it's weird because I'm a grown up and I don't have children. Mm, yeah, well, you could you could borrow a child and go to Chuck E. Cheese. If I don't you think to. you can borrow a child. Maybe they should do like a like a borrow my doggy, but for children. For if you want to go to like ball pits, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese's playgrounds, etc. To borrow my child, you just like rent a kid taken down from the app store after a number of incidents. <laughs> after a number of incidents, and yet only three quarters of an hour. Yeah, yeah, that would especially in Britain, the last yeah. country you'd want um, to borrow yeah. my child app. Um, well, I'm amazed that borrow my doggy even works. Like, why would you let a stranger borrow your dog? Why would I you would borrow not. a stranger's dog? I don't know. To hang out? <laughs> hang out. <laughs> Company? Yeah, maybe. Someone maybe. to go on walks with? I don't know. Maybe it's if you like don't want a dog, but you want to do like a trial period. Got to take some hinge photos. Yeah. Yeah, classic. Um, it, yeah, anyway, so J- Jerry's going in on the barbershop. Um, he's, yeah, uh, what if you saying, like want like the dog lifestyle, but without actually having a dog? <laughs> the dog lifestyle. Yeah, you want to be one of those dickheads who shows up to the pub with their dog. Yeah, eating dry kibble, mm. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is this has become like a real thing in in London that like loads of people in lockdown got dogs for some reason, and now they're just like yeah, showing yeah. up to like adult events like the pub with their fucking dog, and you're just like, no, that's not fun for the dog. I don't. Th- no. I mean, I got a dog during quarantine times, mm-hmm. but I would not subject her to a bunch of loud drunk people. That's not her scene. Mm. No, you want to take it to the bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. Dogs love the bowling alley. <laughs> Dogs love bowling. Everyone knows. Everyone that. knows this. <laughs> Throwing a tennis ball down the bowling lane. <laughs> Dogs just chasing it. I just I don't know. I find there's something very smug about like you know that that one couple you know who they're just like, yeah we'll come but we've got to bring the dog and it's like it's not your child. Like yeah, I, you don't have to. You don't Most have places to. you do not have leave to the, leave the dog for a couple of hours. What's gonna what what's the dog gonna do in a couple of hours? We've got a dog right. but we don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to go keep my wallet in the safe when the dog's home. Just get a nanny cam, but for your dog. There you go. 
Um, yeah, just cast the dog as like a cokehead relative. Who it's like you always have to have your purse within sight. Yeah, exactly. Lock up your valuables. Yeah, my I, dogs. My dogs on heroin. And, I thought uh, he for a minute you just meant like, oh, you just constantly have to apologize for their behavior. It's like, yeah, like it's, it's not his fault. I wish he's people got, felt that way. He's got a, he's got a disease, but the. The disease is being a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about most dogs. They do have that disease. Yeah. That's a really severe addiction where it turns you into a dog that uh, people don't know about. Yeah, just like the really severe medicalization of being a dog. It's actually really, yeah, yeah. It's actually really bad. It's really yeah. dangerous. And, yeah, and it, the trouble is that we criminalize it when actually it's much yeah. better that they go to a facility where they get weaned off of tennis balls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they criminalize it, and yet there are some dogs who are rewarded for it. It's me sick. Because also, if you're white, <laughs> being a dog is much less likely to get you in trouble. Um, yeah, cool. Um, See, we did tell you that the bits would get dumber. Yeah, we will. did warn you. Yeah, and we're, we're no, no, they have. Yeah, and we're really not far into this either. Um, no, no, I dig it. <laughs> okay, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, Jerry advocates. Why don't they sell the chair and uh, update the magazines? Again, who this would is- buy the chair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, perverts. Uh, you could imagine yeah. there being a certain kind of pervert who's like, yeah, I'm going to get a barber's chair. just going to put it in the middle yeah. of the room. People who are doing torturing, you know. I used to know someone who had a dentist chair. Oh. For torturing? I think it was a sex thing. Oh. Uh, he, wouldn't go into, he wouldn't go into detail, but yeah. I, believe, I believe it to be a sex thing. Yeah, he was paying people in dental treatment. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, and then he's like, why do they, why do they always show that? license in the in the shop and he's like there aren't any laws in hair cutting he's like the all the only law is they have to show you the back there should be laws, laws in hair. first of all i'm pretty sure you have to like you have to have like a diploma before they'll let you lose you have to have a license. in the u.s hmm. it varies by state right i think but in new york you i mean you do. pretty much always have to have like a some kind of license that says that you run a clean shop. That's why they mm. show it, Jerry. There yeah. are laws. <laughs> a bunch of laws. <laughs> do they have that here? I don't think they do. Or can you just, can anyone set can themselves up just say, I'm, I'm a hairdresser, I'm a barber? Yeah, Britain is like weirdly libertarian about certain about, things. About hair cutting. We have the but same thing about, about estate agents. How in the US to be an estate agent, you have to have like a real estate yeah, license. Yeah. No, but, here you can just, yeah, yeah. as long as you can like rent a, like an office space, you can just say, I'm an estate agent and no one can mm. stop you. See, I always, I never understood that in, uh, in train spotting, you know, Mark, he goes to London and he becomes a real estate agent yeah. to turn his life around. Yeah, and no, I was like, how. you can just do that. Yeah, yeah, I no, you can do just that. do that. You can, there's, there's, there are no regulations around who can call themselves letting agents either. Mm. And, uh, oh. there's a, and there's also no recourse if you get scammed by somebody who is just calling themselves a letting agent. It's fun. It's a fun country. Look, we could respect our son when he was a heroin addict, but when he became a <laughs> lettings agent. That was a bridge too far. Okay. There are ne'er do wells and then there are scum. The well. Then there are <laughs> then real human scum. I'd rather he was English. <laughs> Etc. Um, do you know who should have had a, a fucking license? That hairdresser who gave him that terrible fringe. Oh, the really short one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's exactly what I, I mean. immediately. The, like, the, and she also like cut it like 
all the way round my head as well. Like, oh, so like, boy. Yeah, and, <laughs> like a medieval peasant. I, and I said, yeah, like I, a tonsure. I sent Milo <laughs> a picture of it and he said, you look like a photo overlay of the two red scare girls. And I was like, I hate you and I'm no longer your friend. <laughs> Man, I used to be really funny. Damn. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you can see yourself getting a bad haircut in real time. Like, I don't know enough about hair to meaningfully stop that from happening. Yeah, I can no, just kind of watch. Like, you just have to ju- you just have to just watch them just butchering your your, your yeah. precious beautiful hair. Yeah. It's a bit like when you're seeing a doctor and you feel like they don't really know what they're talking about and you're yeah. but you're like you're like yeah. I have no idea. I just have a feeling that you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm yeah. not qualified but, to but say so. I'm not qualified so. because I don't have the hairdressers thing you on the wall. The I don't have the license, but <laughs> I knew she was doing something Anyway, sorry, I've, I've derailed us somewhat. So, um, uh, we're then, George is at a job interview, um, and, uh, and the, the, the guy's saying it's a small and prestigious company, and George is like, well, people say I'm quite small and prestigious. The guy's like, I like the cut of your jib, Costanza. Um, I'm and- small and prestigious. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, I want you to have this job, of course, and then it gets interrupted by a phone call. Uh, we then cut to the cafe where George is explaining this situation. So he's like, I presume I have the job, but what could, of course, mean... They're offering up some potential ideas. Um, and uh, this is when Elaine says, uh, it might be, of course, the entire board of directors are being indicted. Um, uh, and so then he's, he explains the jobs in rest stop supply. Uh, Kramer comes in showing off his new haircut from Gima, Gino the barber, mm-hmm. who works with Enzo the barber, who is apparently a butcher, mm-hmm. but is um, Jerry's usual barber. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then Elaine is explaining about the bachelor auction mm-hmm. um, that she that she's running, and what, she needs Jerry to she, be in. Why is Elaine running this? Is this ever made clear? Uh, d- I feel like y'all are looking to me like, is this a thing that happens often? And I can <laughs> confirm that it's not. And no, it's not ever explained. I feel like she might just have like a harem of slaves. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the simplest explanation that she's just marketing out just from time to time. Or is this supposed to be one just of like Elaine's charity dudes. things? Just yeah, just, she just sells dudes. Yeah. She's also yeah. got a book of essays coming out. Nice um, reparations. Women should be able to sell men. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, any I, woman can sell any man yeah, for any so. price. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Reparations. Spoils of war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got this man in Bithynia. How much? <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah, so then um, uh, Jerry's like, oh, I need to get a haircut because he's being auctioned at the, uh, at the bachelor auction. Um, and yeah, then- if I was friends with Jerry, I wouldn't invite him to the bachelor auction. I think- the show makes that mistake a lot. They keep kind of casting Jerry as a very desirable mm. young stud. And I'm like, that's mm. just a guy. That's, mm. just a, that's just some guy. Isn't he sp- I wouldn't buy him. Isn't he supposed to have <laughs> man on stage syndrome, though? I think that's supposed to be what it is. Well, sure. I just anytime it's a plot point that, for example, Jerry is being sold at a bachelor auction, mm. I just think like, I wouldn't buy yeah, him. I, I would have no I use for that him. guy. Yeah, well, he's useless around the house. Yeah, yeah. I'd buy a Kramer or yeah. a George yeah. even. Yeah, I'd, I'd, buy yeah. I'd, I'd, the deal. I'd buy a Kramer. Mm. Like particularly if I had like a kind of sort of weekend away planned I feel He's like taste. Oh, yeah. I feel like Kramer would mm. would be an enjoyable addition yeah like if I had to go like a yeah. hen weekend or something I'd like just bring Kramer with me just like yeah he's 
He's yeah. he's come with me. And uh, throw him in the mix. Yeah, I Why feel like, I feel like he's going to inject inject some weekend, interest into yeah. the proceedings. You have the poof going on. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and it's interesting that you mentioned George. Brought, because I bought my very tall, very expensive chicken. That's right. Uh, the deep the deep <laughs> lore on this show is that um, uh, George is a renowned proceeder. He this is, is yeah. the this is what we've gleaned from reading between the lines of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. So a know. renowned pussy eater. Yeah, is that what you <laughs> <Yeah>. said. <laughs> Making sure I didn't having, hallucinate. Having that repeated <laughs> back to me really made it hit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's always mm. good when something has to be repeated back to you, and you have to, and you have to say, "Yeah, no, that that yeah. is what I said." A wise man once said that it's never as funny when it's read out in court, um, uh, and I think sometimes that's not actually true. Yeah, sometimes it's a lot funnier when it's read out in court. Um, what would you prefer to hear? your like words read out in like would you prefer to hear it read out in court or like read out by St. Peter <laughs> what's your preference read out by St. <laughs> Peter on a podcast okay I do have a funny story St. about St. Peter should do a podcast a line just saying a line being read out in court mm. um one of my one of my ex-girlfriends we've already <laughs> we've gone through this was a was a barrister um and one of her friends who was a criminal barrister um that she was really shit uh, was prosecuted. Yeah, <laughs> criminal, how bad she was actually a tax barrister, but criminal, <laughs> absolutely criminal. Yeah. You've had some right cowboys in this in here. <laughs> who, who deposed this? I made um, that joke, and ever I hear that someone was a criminal barrister, and I and I still yeah, like it. A cowboy barrister, <laughs> still yeah. like it. Um, and, yeah, who, um, have a look at his Yelp reviews. Disaster. Yeah, she's prosecuting this guy for GBH because he. Um, had supposedly thrown a brick out of his window at one of his like personal enemies who was walking past in the street mm-hmm. below like a second story window or whatever <laughs> and his defense uh story for this was that the brick had been balanced on his windowsill keeping the sash window open mm-hmm. and he had a parrot who he had let out of the cage and was flying around the room and the parrot just so happened to <laughs> fly and knock the brick off of the windowsill at the exact moment that this guy was walking past in the street below and sort of like bizarre, you know, one in a million unhappy uh-huh. coincidence. And so uh, this th- this woman's like doing the doing the deposition, she's cross-examination, she's going, right, so the, the brick's on the windowsill and uh, the parrot's out of the cage. Unbeknownst to you, this guy's walking past, the guy going, yeah, and she says, she's like, right, right. And then the parrot flies, knock, knocks the brick. The brick falls out, hits the guy on the head. You're not to know. And he's like, yeah. He's like, right. Just one more thing. Was it you or the parrot that said, take that, you fucking cunt? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a strong parrot. Yeah, yeah. yeah a parrot's not than a brick. Like heaving it out like, the yeah, What's the parrot that said it? <laughs> it's quite a vindictive parrot. Take that, you fucking cunt. What is Julie Virgil? <laughs> Oh no 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 no! We're having a virtual free episode I'm today. I'm a parrot now. I'm a parrot. I take that, you I'm can't. Not, I'm not. I'm not going to subject Rax to Julie Birchill. I'm not going to do it. Are you familiar with Julie Birchill? No, don't do it. <laughs> don't do I feel it. like I'm supposed to say like no comment or something. No, I'm not. no I don't know who that is. A good thing to say. She no is, comment. She's yeah. a she's a she's a British journalist um, who thankfully seems to have been contained in like cultural quarantine on this on this here island so like if you haven't heard of her then i strongly advise keeping it that way i've heard the name for sure but i just yeah 
only ever like in cusses, like people mm. kind yeah, imagine kind her of her name and such. Insane boomer Barry Vice, who has like the voice of a sort of haunted she's Victorian than, doll. She's worse than Barry Vice. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter. Yeah, no, we thank you. Go in, we don't need to go into too much detail. I know yeah. so much about this woman, though. I know about. I know her. Like her, <laughs> I know. I know her every single opinion for the last twenty years. <laughs> like she came up on another show that we did, and um, and I asked, and I asked our editor to cut something out because um, because it was just it just went a little bit near the knuckle, and he was just like, "How do you know so much about Julie Birch?" I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> Simply don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know." Um, so we cut to the barbershop. <laughs> just have a knack for learning information <laughs> about Julie Birchall. And and in the barbershop, uh, Jerry is uh, he goes in. He's he's been told that Gino's there on his own, but Enzo's there, the bad barber. And he's like, "It's my day off, but you're my favourite customer, so I'll look after you." And Jerry's like, "Oh no, not on your day off. I'll come back another you know, time." Th- this whole situation literally happened to my dad. There were like two barbers at. At the barber shop, and like one was brilliant. And, one only tells and, the truth. One only tells lies. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. And the other one was uh, the other one was terrible. And mm. but because they didn't take appointments, you had to just like just take your life in your hands before you went to the barber shop and just see which one they had on on duty. And like and and he once was like walking past and like trying to kind of see in the window, and the bad <laughs> one like clocks him and like leaps out onto the street and is like. Are you here for a haircut? And like almost like physically kind of wrestles him into the, into the shop, and then he comes home and he's got yeah, and he's got this like weird kind of like flattened hair. He's like he's trimmed his beard into a kind of weird point, like the devil. And my mum was just like, <laughs> "What? What happened?" And he said, "They got me." <laughs> I actually also had this with a Turkish barber that I used to go to where it was a father and son and the son would, did a really good haircut yeah. but occasionally the dad was like part retired and just, if you, the dad was in you got the dad he would just cut your hair as though he was upset with you <laughs> it wouldn't be that like the resulting haircut was that bad but it would just be like so aggressive and unpleasant an experience <laughs> and they did the thing where they'd like shave uh, like the, the edges with like a straight razor Mm. And he used to quite often just like cut you with the razor. Oh my god! Like just a little bit. Oh, very. But on one right, but on one occasion he did this, and he and I was just like, oh. And then he was like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're bleeding, and he's and he accused me of having weak skin, <laughs> 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 which is powerful. Just like yeah, no, your skin can't take the razor. That's the you're pathetic. Oh wow! I mean that's very, that's very bad true. Skin. <laughs> very Terrible. bad skin. Very thin Some and of the papery. weakest skin we've seen, folks. So maybe this episode, because I always think of this as like quite a kind of fun, silly, mm. kind of semi-surreal episode, but maybe it's like more well-observed than we're actually giving it credit for, because everyone seems to have a similar <laughs> bad haircut story. I feel like the bad haircut story is never actually about the person cutting your hair. It's about me, the passive aggressive dumbass who's <laughs> too meek and stupid to just speak up and be like you fucked up my hair because mm-hmm. i've never said that to someone no. and there are so many times i should have no um, my um one of my friends from school who's a very very like assertive confident person um we were once out to lunch she's like i've just got to make a quick phone call i'll be like right with you mm. and she was ringing up her hair salon to have a go at them for messing up her hair and then she said yeah so um i'm gonna need you to correct that and also like a also like some compensation uh, from you because i didn't expect to have to have to come into the salon twice this week um and i'm gonna need you to do a correction for free and i was like i d- 
you are a different you, can do you that? are a different species from me you may as well <laughs> you may as well be like living on a different <laughs> fucking planet like just like the idea of of, of making no, this yeah. kind of insistence but like you know they she gets people to do what she wants it's kind of her thing ah. yeah it's another sex thing it um, is yeah yeah She's got she's got a dentist chair. Don't ask. Um, yeah, so we cut back to the apartment. Uh, Jerry's hair is now uh, very short, um, and he's got a Hitler. They gave him yeah, a Hitler haircut. Hitler. It's mm. it's it's more of like it's more like a kind of hardy he's got an boys. Essex estate agent haircut. Okay, I've never seen an Essex yeah, estate I agent. See him working for like uh, King's Estates, you know, in a mm-hmm. sort of like a cheap suit with kind of like the ends of the trousers a bit trodden off, and wearing a pair of brown shoes. Yeah, mm. that kind of a haircut. George says he looks. That five just years sounds old. like a modified Hitler to me. I don't know. <laughs> Estate agents, in a way, are kind of modified Hitler. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he's like, you got to get, you got to get out of this relationship with your barber. And Jerry's like, I can't. Kramer comes in. And he's also appalled by the haircut. He's like, you can't, you can't keep seeing him. You're destroying yourself. Um, and then they're discussing uh, George's job. Um, and George has an idea, which is to just show up to work uh, and just start working there while the guy's on holiday and he's like, well, when the guy comes back, you know, either I did get given the job or by that point I'll be so ensconced mm. that they won't be able to he, get rid he of He also me. doesn't know what the job is. He doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing, mm. etc. So that's most people at their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then J- J- Jerry's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, I guess you get an incredibly embarrassing interaction where you get, you know, thrown out of this. And he's like, yeah, you're right. That wouldn't affect you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I actually once had a job a bit like this where I was it was, cause it was through an impl- it was through a recruitment agency and they didn't tell me what it was. So Phoebe got on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a temp, but they just can't yeah. get rid of me. I've got squatters rights now. Yeah. Um yeah, you're ensconced. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. Ensconced. We don't have at-will employment here, so yeah. <laughs> There's literally her. nothing he can do. <laughs> if he tries, I'll just get him for racism. We'll see you in Strasbourg. <laughs> Taking him, taking Milo to an employment tribunal. <laughs> Firing the only Jewish member of the Seinfeld podcast. Yeah, can't do it. Can't do it. It's not allowed. Know, it's bad, not allowed. Bad optics, It'd be a bad, bad optics. optics yeah. yeah, riding that optics way for the rest of my life. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, they, 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 they sort of didn't tell me what the job was, and I sort of assumed that I would find out, find that out when I got there. Mm. But not only did they not tell me what it was, uh, they didn't seem to be job it seemed that they just sort of wanted someone around ah. and they sort of gave me like a like bits and pieces of like like kind of data entry and that kind of stuff to do and i was only supposed to be there for a week and then i got a phone call saying they oh they loved you they'd love you to come back next week and that went on for Aww. like three months and and like i was <laughs> and there was this like there was this administrator who was um completely deranged and you could tell what sort of day you were going to have with her based on whether or not she had her shoes on. So if she'd taken her shoes off, that meant that she was about to throw a tantrum. If she had her shoes on, yeah. <laughs> then it was fine. Uh, and every so often she'd say, so them upstairs have seen you on the internet. You, you can't do that while you're here. You can't just mess around the internet. And I was like, well, it's fine, but just give me something to do. And she yeah. said, and she said, well, haven't you got that to be getting on with? And then she kind of gestured at these kind of box files and then leave again. And I sort of be kind of saying, what? what do you want me to do with the box files? Yeah. Mm. I wonder what she's Slip doing through. now. I hope it's something cool. Have a peruse. <laughs> have a peruse. Have a little, have a little ruffle. 
little yeah. ruffling a shuffle through the box files. There's a lot. There's a lot of like weird kind of uh, like mid mid tier fascists who like have jobs like that. I don't yeah. know. Rax, have you ever encountered this in a job like the kind of weird like the Lord of the Do Nothing Kingdom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. The last job I had, the first day I showed up, I kind of didn't know what I was supposed to be doing either. But I showed up, and my boss said to me, "Get Jeff on the phone." And I, that was like the first words out of her mouth to me. And I was just like, who's Jeff? <laughs> Why? Two questions. Do you Two need questions. to talk to him? <laughs> yeah. All kinds of preliminary questions before I can speak to, like, what is his phone number? What is anything <laughs> about Jeff? What happens when I get Jeff on the phone? Do you want me to just chat to him? Or like, is it, is it, yeah. a, is it a business call? Like, it's an initiative is, is there test. A particular- <laughs> if you can't get Jeff on the phone, what good are you to Maybe me? Maybe this is like the American version of like sending the new kid out to get tartan paint. Uh, it's just yeah. like, just not a very effective oh. prank. Yeah. Like a snipe hunt. Yeah, kind of. No, there was a Jeff. Jeff was real. Jeff was I real. just didn't okay. know anything about him yet. Mm. He's kind of a dick, actually. I didn't like getting Jeff on the phone oh. that day or any other day. Oh. <laughs> That's why they wanted you to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone hates yeah. talking to Jeff. Yeah, it's her first day. Like, she doesn't know about Jeff yet. She'll, ha- <laughs> she'll happily talk to Jeff. <laughs> and that company, Amazon. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, back in the office... Uh, this guy Mike is helping George find his office. He's like, given a choice between a small office and a big office. George takes the the small office to avoid kind of uh, being rumbled. I think this is a strategically good move. Mm. I think this is I think this is smart of Costanza. I respect his commitment to no work. Yeah, um, we get he gets given the Pensky file, mm-hmm. and he's told to sort it out. And he's like, "Sure, will he does nothing all day and then leaves at five p.m." If George had had a job in Britain, none of this would be a problem. Yeah, this is all fine. Yeah. This is what I assume most people do at their jobs every day. If I find out someone does something with their job, then I'm a bit like, yeah, seems weird. Yeah, I had a great example. I had to phone uh, the local uh, city council in London today because they sent me a debt collection notice for like a bunch of money that I paid them last month. And um, then found out the reason why they hadn't registered that I'd paid them this money was because they changed our business rates account number without telling us. <laughs> They're like, well, oh, cool. you paid it into the wrong account. And I'm like, but they paid it into the number on the bill. They're like, well, we've changed it. <laughs> we didn't so, tell you, but we yeah. have. we've changed it. Maybe that was a quest. Yeah. Maybe they were testing you. Mm. Yeah, that's very clever of them. But yeah, like if somebody tells me that they're like, a doctor or a tree surgeon or like an engineer like i have a rough idea of what they do all day but like most people i'm sure. just like no you're not doing anything yeah mm. you go to a place and you sit in a chair and yeah. then eight hours later you leave the chair yeah. and nobody can account for anything that happens in the meantime no, you kind yeah. of you kind of enter a sort of you enter a kind of nether zone once you're in the office and like time expands and contracts um and nothing mm. means you anything dutch. you become dutch yeah mm. Why would you become Dutch? The nether zone. Oh, the nether zone, yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> Should I come up with something else? I don't know. No, this is the, the twilight zone, but everyone's wearing clogs. It's a, it's a spooky alternate reality. Hello, welcome to the twilight zone. <laughs> yes. Do you like to know about our different types of a, gables? Is that a Dutch accent? Yeah, yeah they kind of talk a bit they like this. They kind of talk a bit like this, the and then they got yeah. a kind of a... Uh, kind we of actually a, a speak very good the, English, it just S- sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound weird. (laughs) (laughs) This is when our poor listeners find out that our Dutch accents are actually just absolutely appalling. If you don't, the accent (laughs) sounds weird. You should wait until you find out about our Christmas traditions. (laughs) 
Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. It's going into offices. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the cafe. Uh, Jerry and George. Uh, All officers are Dutch. That's right. Um, George is explaining <laughs> about the Penske file. He's like, you know, we're like a big family over at the office. Everyone's taking to me. Uh, there was a birthday party. I made a toast. And you get a kind of like hazy Vaseline camera flashback of everyone being upset by George's toast. Um, <laughs> Elaine comes in, asks Jerry why he's wearing a hat. And he's like, oh, I had a haircut. She makes him show her. She laughs at the haircut. Um, and then uh, he's cancelling the bachelor auction. Um and uh, yeah, so then we cut back to the barber shop. Uh, Gino is shaving Kramer, and uh, Kramer is like trying to convince him to rescue Jerry's haircut without Enzo overhearing. And then Enzo and Gino have an argument about the film Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. I like that when occasionally Seinfeld will have just like a contemporary cultural reference in it. Yeah, um, I mean, you're like, I know what year it is. I know what year it is, and then it, and then you forget again. <laughs> yeah, sure. But in that moment, in that moment, you think about Edward Scissorhands, yeah. and you think, "Oh, yeah, I remember that." Pin- pins it into time like a like a star on a map. It's such a funny concept for a movie, Edward Scissorhands. What is Edward Scissorhands? Yeah, like what if a guy had scissors for hands? Yeah, I mean, what, it's, it's what like if? a cocaine ass movie. <laughs> it's a cocaine ass movie. Yeah, but the one barber is right though. They never do meaningfully address the uh, toilet question in Edward Scissorhands. See. Oh. I always just assume that he like isn't a hundred percent a person. I thought he was a kind of reanimated. Or like his dad was a pair okay. of scissors and his mum was a regular regular person. What? No. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean at all. I I got the impression that of he was we were the- only half scissors, so we couldn't get made. <laughs> <laughs> but we could join a country club. Mm. Um yeah, I thought that he was a kind of Frankenstein's monster. Mm. So you think he doesn't have a dick and ass? I think he has. I think he has both, but they're not doing anything. Mm. I don't think oh. he eats. You never see him eating. They're not doing a like vestigial <laughs> dick and ass. Yeah, they're like an appendix. Rax, I also really enjoyed the way you made "dick and ass" one word. Yeah, a dick the and di- ass. The dick yeah. and ass. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's the correct way. The humble dick and What's ass. What's a package deal? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see him eating mm. or drinking? I've never no, seen I the guess film. Not. Haven't you? No, I feel like it's one of those films where you hear the concept, you don't need to see the film. You're like, okay, I can, okay, Im- I get I can it. imagine it's a guy it. With, yeah. um, scissors for hands, I get it. Uh, it's like, I think, it, I think it's quite good. I remember it being quite good. Yeah, it is. It's, a it's nice like it's movie. a kind of, it's it's very sad. It's got, very sad, it's, actually. Yeah, it's got a super sad and en- sad ending. Mm. Um, yeah, he cuts off his own dick and ass. By he mistake. does. He, he does. <laughs> That's like. It's super sad. It's got um, it's got Winona Ryder in it, and oh, now I'm sold. It's and for some reason, Winona Ryder in this particular film is blonde. And apart from yeah, what is that? Yeah, like apart from Angelina mm. as a blonde in Gone oh, in, 60, God in 60, seconds, sixty Seconds, that is a that's a weird Angelina. It's, the, it's that's like a crusty it's, Angelina. It's one of the more unconvincing blonde looks I've ever seen in my entire life. It like doesn't go with her face, and like it's it's just it's just Mm-mm. weird. It's strange. It's like, and it doesn't look like it's kind of been done properly either. It looks like a kind of looks like a home no. bottle job. Should we go? It looks back like to a party bomber? city wig or it, something. Yeah, it, like yeah, they, it does. The colors yeah. wrong. The scales all wrong. Yeah, and it's it's like it's like they wanted to provide some kind of contrast with him, so it wasn't like a kind of oh, it's another Winona Ryder is a is a is a hot goth film. But 
Right. They did kind of want her to be like a girl next door cheerleader type. So, yeah. uh, You don't have to make her blonde for that. Just put her in outfits. Just give her a ponytail. Yeah. I could see Winona Ryder in an outfit. A ponytail. That's something I could, I could, I could stand to <laughs> like see. Like a pink scrunchie. Yeah, give, like, her yeah, little, give her a little outfit. Yeah, give her a ponytail and send her onto the Adobe user forums. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a running, it's just a running bugbear of, of mine and Nate's that Adobe don't have customer support. Um, they just have forums. And they direct you to their forums for like everything. Every, whenever you're having a problem with their shit software that doesn't work, and the, the Adobe forums are guarded by a kind of like Kerberos of um, uh, go, like middle-aged guys with ponytails who are like not paid by Adobe, but who are like fans of I Adobe. I notice you don't seem to be paying for your software, so why should I help you? Well, exactly, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, more commonly than not, it will be like you, you'll find a, th- a thread on the forums that's like someone being like, hey, uh, in Premiere Pro, it would be really useful if... Um, when you're like moving this around, like you can do this function or whatever that is in this other Adobe program, but you can't do it in this one. And um, then immediately there's like four guys with ponytails who are like, have the like fucking forum moderator thing on who are like, um, actually, I don't think you should even be trying to do that. <laughs> like my first question would be, is why would you do that? It seems like you're displaying that you don't know what you're doing, that you're even trying to do that in the first place. And people are like, please, I just, I'm just asking a simple question. More to sleep, post open source. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and so whenever someone says ponytail, it just makes me think of those guys. That's that's interesting. That's an interesting um, mental image for that to Ponytail on a woman is a very different energy, admittedly. It's a very but different just, energy. I think I just d- never really call it a ponytail on a woman because I don't think about it. You just see a woman with a ponytail and you're like, oh, that's just one of the haircuts women have. Whereas when a man has a ponytail, <laughs> you're like, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. You need to say, that man's got a ponytail. Whereas a woman's got a ponytail, you're like, oh, it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you say it out loud every time, like man. Oh thank God, it's ponytail. It's a woman. <laughs> oh, he had me going for I a second. Just doing there. a bit of gender essentialism, but like only centered around the ponytail. Yeah, look, there aren't there aren't many things that I'll enforce of the gender norms, but men having ponytails. We need Milo to sort that out. Milo is a single issue turf, and it's about ponytails. <laughs> no, I'm not. A, no, I'm not a turf. If if men want ponytails, they should transition, and okay. I will support them in doing so. Okay. So trans women are allowed ponytails. Oh, 100 percent, of course. 100 percent. Yeah. 100 percent. Don't even have, have to think them. about it. Okay. If they want. If they want. Yeah, as long <laughs> as they want. Them what to no, do. Not telling them what to do. <laughs> Very importantly, not telling them what to do. Exactly. Um, so the ending of Edward Scissorhands, this is important. It's very important sad. that we spoil it's this movie. It's very important <laughs> that you spoil this movie. Um, it's like, honestly, statute of limitations. If you don't know what happens at the end of Edward Scissorhands, yeah. stop listening statue now. Statue of limitations. He gets, um, he, gets, like, he gets rescued from his like little kind of hilltop spooky castle or like he wanders down right, into the town barber. no he becomes a barber <laughs> oh. he wanders down into the town and becomes like a barber in this like kind of creepy little suburb and mm. falls in love with Winona Ryder and then he ends up like he ends up like accidentally like slashing a kid with his like with his because he gets like he has like he went on the borrow a kid he has app. anxiety yeah. <laughs> says a hands has anxiety mm. and he gets anxious He's and he literally he literally is, has anxiety that's literally part of it and he kind of slashes yeah. a, like a kid or something and he realizes that he like he can't like integrate into the suburban town mm. and goes back up to and He's goes like, back oh, up I to the house oh I see the, the problem it's that I it's, have scissors for hands 
hands. got uh, <laughs> deadly <laughs> blades instead of normal human I was, hands. I assumed people didn't like me because I was Albanian, but actually it's the scissors for hands <laughs> thing. Sorry, I understand yeah. now. You're within your rights to be on the fence about me. Yeah. I see why you're concerned. Well, Abu Hamza's original request was for scissors, <laughs> but they said, no, that, no that's not going to work because everyone just associate that, associate that with the uh, the much beloved uh, much beloved Abu character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so he go- so he goes back Looks up to his goes back up to his castle, and the whole thing is being narrated by Winona Ryder as like an old woman. They Titanic that shit, oh. and except it's well before Titanic. So if anything, mm. Titanic yeah, she's is got an eye based patch on Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, um, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm. and uh, it's not based on the story of the Titanic. No, no, it's not. No, no, no. No, it no. was a spin-off. Much like a Fifty Shades was a spin-off of Twilight. It's um, not so much a Titanic. spin-off as exists in the same like as the same universe. Yeah. So like there's a possibility that Rose will have got to know like Winona Ryder's grandma. That's the oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that's the mm, that's the uh, indication. See, yeah. yeah, and it's being narrated by Winona Ryder as an old woman, and then she says, "Yeah, whenever it snows, I know that it's because he's there." And it shows him like making an ice sculpture, and that's what causes it to snow in this town. But he can't live down there anymore. He's got to live on his own in the castle, being sad with his scissors. That's not what causes snow. Nothing gets past you, does it, Rex? (laughs) I just, I'm sitting there with my glass of wine, like, that's not how snow's made. Rex logging onto the weather forums. I've got something to say about Edward Scissorhands taking responsibility. A movie that came out 30 years ago. (laughs) It's Tim Burton, isn't it? It is Tim Burton. Surely. Surely it must be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is sad. Yeah. And I could see why a barber would find it particularly moving. Sort of autobiographical from Tim Burton, another man who doesn't live with his wife. Um, Is there another man who doesn't live with his wife? Who's the first one? Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> oh, right. She's not his wife. He hasn't. It's not wife. She's his Living wife. in sin. <laughs> <laughs> you can't marry a Scissorhand. You can't work. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's not right. Are you mm. suggesting that the. That being a scissor hand is a religion, or is it a kind of is it an ethnicity? I don't know. <laughs> Which what what are you going to plot? I, mean, I, I presume it's got <laughs> to be an ethnicity, <laughs> but maybe it could be a religion as well. I don't know. Are the scissor hands white? Longest forum <laughs> locked after seven thousand posts. Seven thousand replies. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the barber. Um, yeah, they have the argument. Right, but scissor hands cut to the cafe. Kramer comes in and he announces that uh, Gino is going to fix Jerry's hair at his apartment at eight o'clock. Cut to Gino's apartment. Gino's like, you have a beautiful air. What the lucky barber Enzo is. Um, Enzo arrives. Jerry has to hide. He's come over to apologize about slagging off Ed- Edward Scissorhands because he watched it and he actually cried at the end. Of course he did. The, uh, Italians love an he's ice not, sculpture. He's not made of stone. No, that's true. Mm. That would be a, that's a different film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edward Stony Head. Um, Edward Stony Head. <laughs> That's right, the film about <laughs> the Easter Island statue that comes alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it is a man in the Easter Island it, statue. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. But it's just the head. It's, wait, so is, it, is it a full body of a man inside the head, or is it a big head but no body? It's a kind of folded up man, I think, right, like a okay. full body. Fine. I think they're big enough to a man could stand full length in one of those heads. Yeah, but he doesn't. Okay, right. Beetle he doesn't. doesn't <laughs> he just won't. Yeah, he won't. You can't make him. Yeah, I know, he's been yeah. in there a long time. You needed to sit down. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, Enzo picks up some hair off the floor. And he's like, are you cutting hair in here? And he's like, I must have fallen off the pizza guy. He's balding. And he's like, it looks familiar. Uh, we then cut to Jerry's apartment. And Jerry and Kramer are discussing the haircut. And Jerry's like, yeah, he was so good, but we didn't get to finish because Enzo showed up. And he's like, and he saw my hair, and I think he knows it's me. Uh, and Kramer, not unreasonably, just says, like, so. <laughs> yeah. What does it, genuinely, what does it matter? Yeah, you never have to see this man again. Um, Except he does if he wants to start going to his nephew. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna break up with cut your losses, go somewhere else. No, if you're gonna break up with go somewhere a else. beauty professional, you can't rub their face in it. A beauty professional. That's right. That's how I style myself. You can't rub their face in it. <laughs> you can't. Mm. It's not it's not on. Right. Um Elaine comes in and uh and she's like, Oh no, Jerry's hair's not fixed, what am I gonna do? And then he's like, just take Kramer. She sort of reluctantly agrees. Okay, so this doesn't make any sense. This bit doesn't make any sense. Right. According to the established law of Seinfeld, whereby Kramer is irresistible to women, mm. which we find right. out later there's a, there is a reason for this. Mm-hmm. Insert a bit that in, indicates that he's made mentioning of a future episode. Yeah, uh, yeah it's because he's, he's a beautiful granite statue mm. that was made by, an, uh, that was, erected by an emperor who fancied Kramer and therefore made a statue of him called Kramer the Sun God. Makes sense. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes... I'm prepared to believe that. I think that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, yeah. Mm. So why mm-hmm. would he do so, do so poorly at this bachelor auction when it's been mm. well established that the ladies love Kramer? Maybe it's a niche appeal thing. LL Cool Kramer. Yeah. LL Cool K. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it suits him. I think it suits him. Maybe it's the, it's the kind of women who would go to the bachelor auction looking to purchase themselves a date would not be into him. Yeah. You have to have it's it's like a kind a, of imaginative, earthy kind of woman. It's like a powerful, like, MILF vibe, I feel like, the bachelor auction. <laughs> what? Because what be happens a, after you buy someone at a bachelor auction? A, Women who are eight Chardonnays in. I think you have to go for dinner with them or whatever. I think that's how it it? works. Yeah, I think it's like a... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Why can't you just ask them to... And then you have to fuck them in the toilet. (laughs) Why uh... why can't you just ask them to dinner and say that you'll pay for it? (laughs) Because that's not for charity. Mm. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that like... I can't really argue with that. I was about to say you could make it for charity in some way. rich socialites (laughs) do this sort of thing. It's kind of of like out of the orbit of most people, isn't it? It's like... Why? I think, well, because they're all like... Can't they just give the money to the charity? It's a classic, like, rich people what, who don't why, have any work to do that yeah, they're then, engaged but, in. But, but why would part of it be having dinner with an otherwise unwilling person? No, but they're not doing... No, but then the sort of people that volunteer are also kind of weird. It's not like a... It's the People That's do right, it. Yeah. yeah. People do this kind the of charity setting stuff. I've ever actually, mm. uh, the only setting I've actually heard of this happening is like a frat house or a sorority house mm. where mm. all the people on auction are like young ripped people or young hot people. Mm. And there's like some benefiting your college as an alum aspect to it. It's like a little bit more sensible. I've never seen something like that just out in the world. Mm. It's like it's like a kind of rom-com device as well. Like that, it ends up that there is for some reason uh, like a bachelor or bachelorette auction, and like the main character bids for the person that they fancy. Yeah, classic. I've described this in a very kind of articulate and eloquent mm. kind of way, but it is. I'm. I can. Th- I can. Th- I can think of like a couple of rom coms where this happens. See who looks like the rom com couple, and then just bid snipe just to. 
Yeah. <laughs> mm. 501. Well, you, you want Doug Ray Scott, do you? Well, you're going to have to fight me for him. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just right. physically manhandle him off the stage. Yeah. Come on, Doug Ray, you're coming for dinner with that's me. Right, I'm taking this woman to Wimpy Burger. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it, no matter how romantic you are. Just leading Catherine Hegel away. She does not look happy. We had this at uni, basically. We what, had a Catherine thing. Hegel? No, we had a thing called <laughs> Rag Blind Date where you would like pay money to fill out a form and then you would get given like a random other person. You'd go on a blind date with them and it cost like a fiver or something. Again, but it was kind why? of one of these things Ugh, where like particularly why? in first year, everyone was sort of expected to do it. And I, went, and I had a girlfriend Ugh. at the time, so I went on the most cursed version of it, which was the... I have a significant other rag blind date, but I'm still being strong armed into doing this charity activity. It was one of the most just fucking terrible experiences of my life. <laughs> um, just having fun recalling that now. Somebody I know's uh, boyfriend, well, they're not they're not together anymore, but her mm. her ex used to go to like speed dating events, right? Just to and I quote, see how he'd do. And see what his kind of current market rate was. And I said, Do you not mind him doing this? And she see was like, What his market rate yeah. was? Yeah. And she was like, No, 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 it's fine. Like, it's just like, like, I don't know. It's like, it's like a bit, it's like a bit of fun. And I said, Do you believe that this is what he's doing? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would he lie about it? And I said, I, I, I don't honestly. I don't know why you would possibly why tell, wouldn't tell, that kind of, <laughs> tell that kind of lie. But but then again, I was a bit like, actually, if you were cheating on someone, you wouldn't say I'm going to a speed dating event. You'd say I'm True. playing football or I um, have to work late. I'm or, or going so, to the bowling alley. Or I'm going to the bowling all alley. Night. <laughs> there will be no women there at all because women hate the bowling alley. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to the bowling alley with all my Easter Island heads. But like knowing this guy, I could almost imagine that he really was just doing it just just to see just to see if girls fancied him. Which I think in a way That's is kind more of worse. Pathetic. Yeah. I'd kind of yeah. I'd kind of prefer someone to cheat on me than to do that. I'd be like, you better be going out cheating on me yeah. and lying to <laughs> yeah. me right now. Because that's one, really go pathetic. Fuck one of these girls, please, actually. Yeah. 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 Listen, if I find out that my boyfriend's <laughs> been going out to speed dating and not, <laughs> not getting and any not fucking and not getting be, any pussy, yeah, why would I get yeah. him pussy me, at home? Why me, would I reward that kind of loser behavior? The girls of London have got have got words because what's wrong with my boyfriend? Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. now, now you've hit on a character that that's a real, <laughs> that's a real person right there. Um, yeah. So then uh, Newman's in the barbershop. Enzo's praising Newman for being such a loyal customer. He's like, I, I like. He has this conversation with every customer. It yeah. seems like he's just always having this conversation. Yeah. He's a clingy barber. Yeah. Enzo's Enzo's a kind bit. of a slag, mm. I think. With his, mm. he's kind of slutty with his loyal customer chat. I don't mind people yeah. are funny, but I don't like a funny business. Mm. And he gives Gino a sort of pregnant look. Gino leaves and he sort of in in inveigles Newman into his scheme to uh get a uh get a sample of Jerry's hair by offering him six months of free haircuts and Newman off like bids him up to a year and a free comb. Yeah. More excellent strategy. Yeah, exactly. Newman's a businessman. Um meanwhile at the office, George is drumming pencils on his desk. Have we said that the interstitial music is from the Barber of Seville? Oh, is that what it's from? There yeah. is there is sort of classical yeah. music. Yeah. yeah, it's from the Barber of Seville. It's a very operatic structure. It's, too, very, it's the... very operatic. And this is not the first yeah. kind of 
opera like opera reference laden episode of Seinfeld. Mm. It's it's highbrow. There you go. It's highbrow. Yeah, well the barbers will sort that out. I I always wondered why they make the barbers Italian when they use That's the, the barber of Yeah, but when they use the barber of Seville. Well, you want a Spanish barber. Yeah, I wanted a Spanish barber. Mm. Okay. Perhaps that would be a bit less convincing. Hello, Jerry. Come to have your haircut by me. <laughs> oh, Spanish that? Is that your Spanish? <laughs> I've heard you do better Spanish than that. That's that's no good. No, I'm doing like. Why is he so nasal? This is like <laughs> Castellano Spanish, <laughs> not like okay. not like not like South American Spanish. Why um, would it be South American Spanish? The Barber of Seville is is well, no, but I mean, I mainland think, I think Spain. South American South American Hispanic is probably a range of accents people are more familiar with. Sure. Yeah. Barbara um, of Seville, so I presume that's like Hilaria Baldwin, Spain. Heidi. Mm. <laughs> you like that, do you? Yeah, I was enjoying it. <laughs> um, that's right. Um, Mr. Penske arrives at George's office. Um, he's very impressed by the accordion file that George has been putting mm-hmm. the bits of his file into. And he's like, you've done lots of work on this. And he's like, your this is, Penske this is, material. This is great finessing from George. Yeah. It's like, your Penske material. He's like, you should come and work for me. He's like, although, of course, and then he gets a call saying that his car has been towed, so he doesn't finish the sentence. Um, see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, back at Jerry's apartment. Uh, Can you? I can't. I was kept. Tend to hook. Going, what's going What's going to happen? What's yeah. going to happen? I feel like it's something. Mm-hmm. I feel like some narrative is going to happen. <laughs> That's the experience of watching Seinfeld. That this episode Story. Guess, on the edge of your seat. Yeah, just, <laughs> guess directed by Christopher Nolan, this episode, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Barber of Seville That's by the Hans Zimmer. Of Seville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so uh, they invented it. It's, uh, it's actually an opera reference. Yeah. Um, th- yeah. So Gino, it, as though they're lovers, is like he knows. He knows about us. Um, uh, yeah. Newman- well, they, they they kind of thread the. This is like cheating in a romantic relationship all throughout the episode. Mm. They make that. They make that analogy pretty clear. Yeah. And partly due to the gay sex that yeah. Jerry and Gino have, which um, <laughs> we've sort of skimmed over in this mm. analysis. But yeah, but I mean, you know, we don't need to. We don't need to kind of d- discuss it. If anything, it, it was an overlong scene. <laughs> After the third, <laughs> fourth <laughs> minute, you were kind of like, "I get it." Beautiful. They're at it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that one of the arias over the top of it. And you think about what the sort of, the sorts of things that they kind of you know that they showed in '90s sitcoms. They're not having. They're not having that in Friends. No, that well, is they- very true, yeah. I didn't even know you could do that with vegetable oil. But, you know, you learn something new every day. So, um, Newman comes in. He wants vegetable oil? I don't know. Uh. He wants it. Uh, Gino, Gino that's where you're stuck, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm guessing. Look, I'm a details guy. Mm, that's <laughs> right. Um, Newman wants to use the bathroom... Um, uh, he goes in there. He can't is, find any. This is hair. a good callback, by the way, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a few episodes ago, uh, George was saying about how he couldn't ever live with Jerry because Joe won't even let you use the toilet. And you know he's exaggerating, but he mm-hmm. but he basically means that he won't let you take a shit in his toilet. And this is something which Jerry then explicitly asks of Newman when he asks to use his bathroom. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I don't want people coming into my <laughs> toilet just. Crapping all day long, that's mine. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> all day long, that. there's a queue outside <laughs> your apartment. I heard I she's open for business. I don't know what people are doing. <laughs> Best bathroom I in the city. In no way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like you look out you the window, there's the a Statue of Liberty and... looking in at you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's actually because you live in the Statue of Liberty. It's all the tourists who want to come and use your toilet, yeah. All day long, yeah. Mm. By the- For turds only. They don't even want to pee in it. It's nightmare. It's because of the hot dog you have to eat on your way up the steps of the Statue of Liberty <laughs> to keep the energy up. By the time you get those things, will go straight through you. Um so, uh, yes, uh, Newman is dismayed. He can't find any hair on Jerry's comb or on his brush. Um, Why does Jerry have a hairbrush? Uh, and a comb. He doesn't, I feel like a comb is f- makes sense. I feel like he doesn't have enough sure. hair to have a hairbrush. Well, he did One before the One of the, the two would make sense. Mm. He, has, he had like a rockin' mullet going on before all of this. Yeah, but even so, you don't need to brush it. I think that's one of the things that's funny it. about this episode is that Jerry's pre-haircut haircut is also bad, but yeah, in but a different way. Yeah, but it's not as bad. Yeah. Uh, do you have a hairbrush? Um, I own one. I don't use it very often, but I don't have long hair. No, when, but when like, my hair's when really shorter than his. But when it gets, but when it gets to its kind of um, comb back situation. Uh, yeah, this is this is fun. We're describing the life cycle of my hair. <laughs> you to know, Rex. when it gets when, when it gets into the I'm very wiry. When it like, gets into hair. its like Prince Regent shape. Yeah, and sometimes when it gets too long and I haven't had a haircut, the only thing to do to contain it is to just like uh, wash it and then comb it back because otherwise it will go like kind of like Afro and vibes and yell silly. at it until y- it yeah, behaves. Yeah. Um, exactly. Give so, it a stern talking <laughs> so, to. But would you use a hairbrush when it's that kind of length? Yeah, it can do. I mean, it depends again on the, how long. Hmm. Comb would still work, though. Rex, what do you think about this? I, th- I feel like a hairbrush is a below the jaw situation. I thought you were going to say female trait. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I actually do think that, but I didn't want to say it. It's for I just didn't want to say it. It's, it's for the ponytail. <laughs> so you getting your hair in a ponytail. Um, yeah, I kind of think hairbrushes are kind of girly. Mm. Dudes with, like, Jerry Seinfeld's hair texture, I always see hairbrushes in their bathrooms when I go in there to investigate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's a texture thing. That's the first thing I would do. I would be like, all right, I'm going to have a, a look brush, at the brush yeah. situation. Yeah. Like Straight into the bathroom. Don't say hello. Don't take your shoes <laughs> no. off. Just mm. Absolutely yeah. not. I'm on the case. <laughs> yeah. Before you fuck a guy, you should inspect what, what, what kind of comb and brush situation he's got going on. And if it's fucked up, don't even. I mean, kind of. I kind of think that. It's a little fucked up that neither his comb nor his brush has any hair on it. Yeah, that, that is no, fucked no, up. That is fucked up. That's serial killer shit. Like, what kind of supernatural being is he supposed to be that he just doesn't shed? I think he's actually it's like a Ken doll. It's like it's firmly rooted in his. It doesn't doesn't shed. Isn't at it all. supposed to be that he's so like he's so kind of clean and organized that he makes sure that his brush is always clean, as opposed mm. to he's oh, right. not shedding. He is, yeah, yeah, he is kind of a neat freak. Yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be that. Interesting. Whereas I enjoy shedding. It's one of my hobbies. Love to shed. I like just like leave just like little kind of wads of hair places. Then people yeah. know the place is mine. That's right. That is how it works. That's fun for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Newman's kind of stalling for time while he tries to cut some of Jerry's hair off. So he asks if he can watch Edward Scissorhands <laughs> with him, saying it's his favorite movie. And then like 30 seconds in, he manages to cut a bit of Jerry's hair off. And so he's like, oh, I have to go. My question is, is that why Jerry falls for this obvious ruse? Because he hates Newman, he never normally like yeah. lets him in his house, and it's very, very unconvincing that Edward Scissorhands would be would be Newman's favorite movie. Yeah, like as soon as Newman manages to get inside the apartment, all of a sudden he's being offered a drink. He's allowed to sit on the sofa. Like yeah. I, that doesn't feel like the Jerry I know. No, this what is, are you giving this him is a not, drink for? He might need to pee again. This is not how I treat my personal enemies. 
I throw mm. bricks no. at my personal enemies. Yeah, or using your trained <laughs> parrot. parrot. Using my parrot. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the, an owner and their parrot can't be convicted of the same crime. <laughs> it's one of the rules. Yeah, that's why my parrot's in the parrot mob. Mm. I think you're in like parrot jail. No, parrot mob. You can't put a parrot in jail, really. You just fly through the bars. You have small bars. Oh, Are you yeah. familiar with the concept of a bird cage? <laughs> Wait, hang on. No, you don't care. <laughs> wait, no. wait, wait. <laughs> no, parrots wait, are infinitely small. There. You can't get... You They're can't, subatomic. You don't keep parrots in cages, do you? You keep them on a little, like, little kind of storage bar. <laughs> storage bar. <laughs> yeah, like no, a kind of parrot hanger. You keep them in cages if you don't want them to leave. No, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that parrots just, like, just hang out on that... Well, if you want a parrot to, like, shit all over your house. Tree. I have encountered people who have pet I, birds I know the that. thing you're talking about. Yeah. But I, I know the mechanism. I feel like they do become caged at some point. Unless he's just like a loose parrot, he's allowed to come and go. I think he's like a- an outdoor parrot. <laughs> got a parrot flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got into a fight with another parrot in the neighborhood. He won. Yeah. He won. You should see the other guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think you keep a parrot in a cage. Mm. Well, you say, you say mm. that about bird cages. Why don't all birds just... Squeeze themselves out between the bars. Because they're not, the bars are appropriate to the size <laughs> of the thing. They, they don't, they're not, the people who design cages aren't that stupid, I Phoebe. think they're that stupid. That's <laughs> what I think. Like, well, a person could never get through I think through it's here. a real dumb guy's job designing bird cages. That's what I think. <laughs> people who failed out of architecture yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. I think, it's a, I think it's a fail son job. Okay, interesting. Yeah, mm. like... People who design bird cages are like the kind of the third son of a rich family, and they need to find something for their kid to do. Mm. And ironically, they're all made by prison labour. It's um, it's quite unfortunate, really. No, it's a joke. Oh right, one of those. Because that that sounds like the sort of thing that I would like go around telling everyone with a very kind of like serious, concerned look on my face. Like, (laughs) did you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. If you if you've got a bird cage, you're in violation of BDS for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guess it depends uh, where your bird's from. And they can do what I've got an Israeli parrot. You could have an Israeli parrot. That's something that could exist. It would be surprising, but it could exist. Got a parrot that sounds like Ehud Brack. Look, um, parrots don't ha- don't have don't have nations and borders because they can mm, fly. That is true. Um, can't deny it. You can't deny that. The parrot is an Islamic bird. Parrot That's why it's green. Um, <laughs> look, um, at the barbershop, uh, Newman gives Enzo the hair, and Enzo's like, it's a match. And he's like, I'm, pre- I'm starting a vendetta. Um, at the bachelor auction, Elaine is selling Kramer. She's like, he's got a high school equivalent diploma. Um, he's doing a little dance. He falls over. Um, no takers. Um, back at the apartment, uh, Jerry and Gino are still watching Edward Scissorhands. There's a bit in the auction when Elaine says, ladies, he is a Harvard graduate, as if that would make him any more genial like genial company. It's not like they're buying a husband. I think you're, you're thinking about this from the perspective of you rather than from the perspective of the sort of person who would buy a man at an auction. I would buy a man at an auction. <laughs> If it was a good deal, yeah. If it was a good deal, you actually get discounted auction. If I could, if I could haggle them down, then I could. Mm. That's the inverse of an auction. I don't think that's what an auction is. You haggle them up. 
Oh, that's a good point. I was kind of thinking, I was thinking less of an auction and more of like a bazaar. Putting your paddle up and shouting a lower number. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of more like a kind of market. Man bazaar. Like a man market. Man market. Mm. Mm, interesting. Like they're there voluntarily. I'm not talking about like slave markets, which I know are also real. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about that. That's not what I mean. Man market. Yeah, you yeah. mean like in the film Gladiator, the man market. Yeah. yeah. That's what that is. He's just, he's mm. just trying to find a date. Yeah. Like, it's all a terrible misunderstanding. That so whole he's slapping all their thighs and stuff. Yeah. 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 Wants to find out if they're a Harvard graduate. That's right. They're Which no to one have, was in those days. Kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Enzo bursts in. He explains about the sample of hair. And then Jerry's like, ah, oh, Newman. Um, Why doesn't Jerry just say, it's not mine? He doesn't have a, he doesn't have like a scanning electron microscope. He has not absolutely no proof that it's his hair. That's the Italian way. Why not know? just style it out? He's just got a sense for hair. We need to stop inventing the stuff. Italian we, way. we need to stop inventing stuff about the Italians because this is getting this is getting extreme. He says I'm inventing it. <laughs> yeah, um, why? Oh, I like that one though. You should keep that okay, one. We'll keep, Italian we'll keep way that one. Okay. Put it in the taxonomy. Put it in the taxonomy. Yeah. yeah. The taxonomy. I'm telling you, as soon as as soon as uh, Mussolini's grandchildren come back from Argentina, they're going to be examining hair like nobody's business. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, why not just say it's not mine? Yeah, good question. Um, do the do the police have found drugs in your bag thing? Um, Enzo says he's going to kill both of them. Um, at George's office, uh, George's boss is back. And he's like, oh, I wonder why you didn't take the larger office. And he's like... That broke my heart. Oh. I was just like, George should have taken yeah. the larger office. He's got imposter syndrome. It's really sad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take the shitty windowless office for your pencil drumming and your weird elaborate lies. Mm. Take the big mm. office. You can do it. Yeah. He's now the Tell only person lie, to, not have, a small lie. to have ever actually had yeah. imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. There you go. Yeah. The first real case. Um, so then, um, yeah, he's like, you haven't done anything with this file. He's like, you're supposed to do work. And to then- be fair, George does hand it. Like, he, he does get a little bit ahead of himself because... Pensky seems to have attributed all the work on the file to him. And so he mm. seems to have internalized the idea that he did, in fact, do all this work, even though he knows yeah, that he yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. and kind of hands it over in a kind of a, uh, I think you'll be pretty happy with what I've done. Um, <laughs> like Tuttle's not going to recognize his own work, which I think is, which I think is impressive. And I, I aspire the, the to, soul, that, to that level of self-belief. He has the so, soul of so a scammer. He, he goes back and forth between like, Really, really heartbreaking imposter syndrome, and the kind of like the kind of like self belief that would that would make a Persian king blush. Mm. Mm. There you go, but not an Italian one. Not an Italian. Um, Italians yeah. can't blush. That's right. It's part of their makeup. Yeah. Um, and the same thing that makes them good at telling <laughs> apart hair. Um, and then he's like, "Well, the Persian Mr. kings, however, mm. they they're very easily embarrassed. They were Cyrus yeah. the Great. He was oh. a big giggler." He loved it, yeah. Loved it, loved to blush. Cyrus the Great, or his catchphrase was, oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so then he's like, well, Mr. Penske offered me a job. And he's like, you're not Penske material. Um, then we're then back at the barber shop. Newman is cutting someone's hair for some reason. Also, Costanza says, ta-ta, ta-tel, which is, is pretty funny. That's pretty, it's pretty good. good. That's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty quick. Yeah. I think he is Penske material. I'd back mm. him all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Penske thought yeah, it was Penske exactly. material. And who are you to argue with Penske about what constitutes Penske mm. material? That's right. Right. Yeah. Good question. Um, 
Uh, and then Jamer, Jamer, fuck it, Jerry, Jamer and Kerry, Jamer and Kerry, <laughs> Jamer and Kerry, they're sorority girls. Yeah, they're at the bachelor auction. Jamer, yeah, Jerry <laughs> buying a boy a- attacks Newman with a hair trimmer. <laughs> um, and uh, I reckon Newman could take Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Jerry's so oh, yeah. weedy. Yeah, but it's like twice Jerry's size. Yeah, mm. but I don't know. I feel like Jerry's got one got got that kind of fighting dirty. At, like, mm. kind Doesn't of like twist his nipple or something. Yeah, like puts his thumb in your eyes. If you're wearing an <laughs> earring, he'll have one. He'll have it out for you. Ripping out Newman's earring. <laughs> Obviously, Newman should take his earrings out beforehand. <laughs> yeah, Everyone true. knows. So yeah, when you're yeah. about to get in yeah, the fight, you take your earrings out. That's true. Well, that that's is true. Right. If, that if is you correct. don't do that, then it's your own fault. What happens to you? Mm. I think that's right. Right. Yeah. That's interesting about the, uh, the yeah, the earrings thing. The, the, also, when you were talking about the woman who takes her shoes off at work, mm. I, I remember once um, Nate, Nate, Nate's wife, uh, uh, who is black, important context for the story, uh, gave me a piece of advice, which is if ever a black woman takes her shoes off, she is going to beat your ass. Hmm. Why shoes? I don't know. There was like a gradation. I think there was something else. It was like if she ha- if she gives someone a handbag, maybe she's going to hit you. But if she takes her shoes off, then it's then it's serious. So, it's what, so what I know to look out for is taking off the earrings and putting your hair up in a ponytail. Yeah, yeah. going to beat your ass on the Adobe forums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> she um, might well do. Yeah. No. Yeah. I've no never... shoes. I didn't know. I've never heard that. I, d- I don't. I would like to have my shoes on in some kind of yeah. If I wasn't fight scenario, I'd like fight, my toes I'd to be keep protected. My shoes on. Yeah, I guess it depends what kind of shoes you're wearing. That's true. If you're wearing heels, they're probably not going to be an asset. Stamp on. That's a weapon. You stamp on someone's instep. That's going to fuck them up. Yeah, but you could roll an ankle yeah. so easily. No, if you can, if, if they're heels that you can walk in, they're heels that you can fight in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, piece of advice there you go there's, <laughs> there, there you go um, take that one to the bank um, jot that down uh, yeah George is at Penske's office and then Penske is saying like, oh and I said you should work for us but of course what I meant to say was of course our board of directors is being indicted call back to yeah, Elaine full circle and then yeah. George's car is being towed and another he goes, call back and he goes and he does a kind of operatic gesture and we have the closing mm. ba bang yeah <laughs> and there's no there's no closing bit there's no closing bit we just get Kramer calling Newman saying when can you come out and Newman's completely bald is that not for a while why is he so completely bald like I didn't see him with like a like a wet razor and that's what you need to get that kind of closeness I would say on a head <laughs> once Jerry's shaved it a bit he's like yeah I might as well cooperate <laughs> he's like lathering up his scalp yeah, exactly <laughs> like yeah I feel like he should just have very short hair in that Maybe it's harder to imitate with a bald cap. Or like a chunk missing, like from the first Jackass movie, you know. Mm. Yeah. I forgot to uh, mention Liz Sheridan, so I'm going to do that now. Okay. Um, yeah, we've had another Seinfeld death in the last couple another of weeks. Another Seinfeld grandparent. Another Seinfeld parent, yeah. Um, Helen Seinfeld, played by Liz Sheridan, sadly died, aged also 93, I think. Mm. But RIP to a real one. Yeah. How could anyone not like her? Again, it really, it really made me sad. Like it was the same thing as when, um, as when Estelle Harris died. I like know they're in their nineties, but also like, oh no, yeah, it's so sad. Now, there's End only one era. left. There's only one Seinfeld parent left. Got to protect him. Got to protect costs. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to preserve him. Got to put him in some kind of like mummy chamber. Mm, the mummy chamber. What bandage him? No, like <laughs> sarcophagus. Like a sarcophagus. Yeah. No, no this is not what I mean. Someone who was dead. Wait, no, hang on. <laughs> hang on. 
No, I'm thinking. We're going to trick the universe into thinking <laughs> he is. I'm dead. thinking of the plot of the Anne Rice novel, The Mummy, but before he goes into his mummy chamber and lives for several thousand years, he drinks a potion <laughs> which makes him live forever. Yep. Yeah, no, no. So find him a potion which will make yeah. him live forever, yeah. and then put him in the mummy chamber to kind of hang out mm. to chill. Mummy chamber is still. I you're still not happy I like with the that? mummy chamber. It's not happy. No, no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm very happy okay, with good, it. Good. Mm. I'm on board. Good. Yeah, and he'll be playing dead, so he'll be safe from the Statue of Liberty. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. on the same wavelength here. Yeah. The only thing that can kill you when you've drunk the immortality potion is the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it's really, un- it's really <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get people who've realised the hell of eternal life who several thousand years in are going and throwing themselves off the top of the Statue of Liberty, you know, just to make it all end. Isn't it just... That's very sad. Yeah, that is really... That's really sad. That's a really sad... That's a really sad note to end... We have finished the episode and it's a really sad note to end it on. Um, mm. But I think that... I think. That is that is it. I think it is. I think I think it is. Well, that's mm. a very kind of melancholy way to finish because this is a really fun episode. I think it's like it's it's like it's very it's very daft. And it's mm. quite nice that like sometimes they do like something which is just a bit daft. We love daft. Daft. Um, yeah. Well, it remains for us only to thank Rax very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Is, thank you so much, Rax. This was very fun indeed. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug to our loyal hogs? Yeah, uh, hogs. Um, buy my book. <laughs> I don't know if, I, if that's oh, yeah. like only cool when you guys say it, but uh, after I've insulted no, no, you, please. please no, do no, buy no, my no. book. It's, it's not like a slur. We're not reclaiming it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not hogs. We're no. calling them hogs, and anyone right. can do it. Anyone who is on the show has permission. So yeah, I outrank right. them, and I can like yeah. order them around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the whole pass. Yeah. Yeah, uh, buy my book and listen to my podcast, Low Culture Boil. Do those things, and I won't call you hogs anymore. I might. Oh, you're, you're giving them a ladder out of the, of the, <laughs> there, of the There's sty. no ladder out. There's no route out. Yeah, yeah. Once you're a hog, you stay a hog. Offering to upgrade them from slop. Yeah. <laughs> can't be done. From hog to boar. You can't give them a taste of the good life, or, no. you know, there'll be trouble. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, if you're listening to this... Hey, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. It's $3 a month uh, for two bonus episodes a month or $5 and you get the Discord and also the monthly Movie Corner episode and some other stuff which we throw up on there from time to time like the Twilight miniseries where we subjected Australians to the Twilight movies. Subjected, um, gifted. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about perspective, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it from upside down like they were, who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, hey, check that out. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, we will see you uh, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.